The streak is finally over for the Arizona Coyotes. They finally win their first game over the weekend with a win over the Seattle Kraken. We'll talk about that game as well as talk about the man between the pipes, Scott Wedgwood. And then as well, some reassignments, people heading back to Tucson, some waivers, other roster news we had to talk about all on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm Robin Leona Carpalik, right beside me on this wonderful Monday. It is November 8th. As we talk Arizona Coyotes, uh, they they won their first game. You just heard me. You just heard me say that, and it feels good, Carl, doesn't it? It absolutely does. Uh, it was a crazy game to watch. Like you kind of knew the losing streak wasn't going to be like a clean win to end. It was going to be like a lot of ups and downs, and and boy, that game sure did deliver that. You know, I kind of wanted, I, I like, I kind of like tuned my brain out. Like, I kind of like made it like a, almost like a background game once Seattle scored two goals in sixty seconds, less yeah. than sixty seconds. And I'm just like, I'm thinking to my, I'm like, okay, it's gonna be one of these games. It's this is not gonna be the game. So I'm just gonna kind of have it in the background and like, if there's something happens, if if something crazy happens, then I'll be my my attention will be brought to it. Uh, yeah, it ended up being a good game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was crazy because there was the, the two goals that the Kraken scored in the first minute. And at that point, if you gave up, like, uh, you know, no, no, no shame on you. That that was that's a reason to leave a game. But then the Coyotes got like a goal back in like 30 seconds. So you're like, well, what is going to go on with this one? I don't know. Uh, and then the Kraken like get one midway through the first going into like the second period with a three, one deficit for a team that struggled to score a goal. So often this series, like, like that just set, set you up for like low expectations, but somehow they, they came back. They kept coming back in a way that they never could do in the beginning of the season. Especially because this is a game and this is probably the, 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 yeah, the most goals we've seen scored in the game from the Coyotes. Like you were used to seeing, them score what I think what's what's the most they scored in the game three two like I know they've had three goal games didn't they have like a four goal game once uh it was let's see I do not believe they had had a five goal game before this uh they had a four goal game against the Blues a three goal game against the Panthers. Yeah, and um, another three-goal game uh, looks like against. No, that's. Oh uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah, um, so the yeah. Coyotes are not a high-scoring team. Uh, I think we've all kind of come to expect this, but the Kraken were just like, I cannot believe the the time and space the Coyotes were getting like. Lawson Kraus scored on like two just centering passes from behind the net. Like what? Let's talk about that for a simple play. Let's talk about that for a sec because Lawson Kraus 
the first star of the game, not only scored the game-tying goal that ended up making it 3-3 three to three in the third period, but also the game-winning goal that made it 5-4 to four in the final minute. Yeah. Uh, I actually don't think it was the final minute just yet. I think there was a couple was, of seconds. I get what like, you're saying, though. You know what yeah. I mean, though. It's like, yeah, it's... Yeah. Uh, it just, I know people who get very pedantic about that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it was crazy. And I don't think that they were like, especially like skilled plays yet. Like I said, Johan Larson, like just went to like the spot behind the net and passed it up to a shrieking Kraus. Good on Kraus for like getting in all alone and, and firing that shot. Great accuracy. It, it's, it's nice that he's getting rewarded for that kind of thing. And I talked about that a little bit, too, on um, the uh, Locked on NHL show. I got invited on there to talk about the Coyotes' first win. Just talking about the things about uh, about Lawson Krause and the kind of game he had. And it just feels such a nice change of pace, especially because the season he had last year, going from the struggles he had to score goals, I mean, all that unlucky, like being just unlucky and hitting the post all the time, to... Two goals in the game. I, I think what is he now? Five goals on the season. Um, I think he may be four. Uh, yep, four goals, two assists. So uh, six points on the season. Six points in the season. There we go. But but still, like just a massive increase. Uh, I think we all kind of knew that his problems were like puck luck last year. And now he's getting a bit more luck, but he's also just like really sticking hard with doing the right things. He's not trying to cheat goals. He's not trying to do anything like that. He's doing exactly what the team needs him to do. He's standing up. He's being a leader on the ice. Uh, I've been loving his game this this season. I think he's been like consistently one of the better Coyotes players. Let's also talk about another player who I thought made a pretty big impact. And this this player didn't get any goals, but he got three assists. And he leads, uh, the, and he and he's pretty high in the Coyotes in points, nine points. And we're talking about Shane Gossespierre. Yeah. Uh, if if you had told me that a Coyotes defenseman would be leading the team in points uh, at this point in the season, would not surprise me. Um, I may have been a little bit surprised it was Gossespierre, but but not really. Um, but I thought he looked phenomenal. Um, he has looked really good like this entire season. Like he's got cotton, you know. A couple bad turnovers. Uh, there's best, definitely been some defensive lapses, but you know he's a solid defenseman. Uh, he's he's getting overpaid a little bit, but but not all that much. I think we've seen worse defensemen get paid more money. So I've been like super excited for his game. I'm just gonna go ahead and point over to a Pacific Division. Yeah, of overpaid defensemen. I don't yeah. even have that point to a specific team because there are multiple teams. Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to think. I'm like, uh, yeah, which ones don't have an overpaid defenseman? Um, but but yeah, no. Um, I, I, I'm excited to see more of what Gosses Bear can do. Uh, I think he's been phenomenal. Absolutely. And regarding the win overall, too, is before we were going into the weekend, we were talking about the, uh, the, the Anaheim Ducks of Seattle Kraken. And I didn't want to say it strictly at the time, but I'm like, okay, it's going to be one of these games. If it's if they lose to Anaheim, it's going to be Seattle. Yeah. Um, and I, I, mean, I kind of mentioned it because I'm like, these teams, these are two teams that are not doing so well. Sure. Um, obviously, Anaheim matched better with Arizona. And 
um, and they played better against them. But uh, the game against Seattle made it a fun game. Yeah, uh, I, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I'm not one of those people who are like, are the Coyotes going to win 10 games this season? And it's like, no, no they'll win more. Uh, like, hockey teams that are historically bad aren't aren't that bad just because we are still talking about the best athletes. And so I'm always of the opinion that the losing streak was going to come to an end soon. I thought these were two really good matchups uh, for the Coyotes. And if one doesn't work, the other one could. Um, and I, I am honestly surprised at the way the team won more so than that they won. Like the fact that they were able to crawl back from a 3-1 deficit going into the second period is just phenomenal. Um, like I, mean, I tell by the way the way they played i mean it yeah it looked like a team that was just sick and tired of losing they were they're tired of losing they didn't want to do it anymore they know they're a bad team but this one was winnable um like and the fact that they won proves that but just like in general like it felt like a very winnable game the kraken were letting them do a lot of like stuff in the offensive zone they were able to just get right in there like this would have been a game where let's take away the historic losing streak to open it if they had like been okay to start the season and they lost this game they would have been frustrated with themselves uh like this was a winnable game and they won uh and too often we've seen them fall in winnable games so it's great to see especially too I'm taking a look at the uh, the natural stat check page of this of this game. Yeah, you know what the expected goals for for Arizona was? Tell me, one point oh nine. I mean, what was the expected goals for the Kraken? Two point two seven. It just shows that both teams are all not 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 so not great at all. But no, both teams are are not very good. Both teams, I think, caught their their goaltending on off nights, um, and and like I, I said, the way that the Kraus goals were scored, the way that pretty much all the goals were scored, they weren't like the super like high possession kind of goals. They were just kind of like dumb broken plays that you get when you keep forcing the issue. Like teams make their own luck. Exactly, exactly. But you, you mentioned goaltenders. We will talk about goaltenders in just a sec. Um, we'll we'll talk about uh, the man of the game, or one of the men of the game is for, specifically. Um, you know who we're all talking about. We'll, we'll, we'll mention that in just a sec. But first, um, both of us, starting with Carl, have a, have a quick word we got to share. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows on one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. 
And guys, do you want an all-star team? You need an all-star hiring partner. You need Indeed. Indeed is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all. Attract, interview, and hire all at Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to try to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you fire the right people right now. Indeed partners you with every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through the tools like instant match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Indeed makes it easier for star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding. Pick what skills are important to you from from those 135 assessments and get a clear view of what your top talent abilities faster. Assessments make the interview process smoother for everyone. Talent doesn't need to prove themselves again. You can dive deeper into talking about what's important to you. With Indeed assessments, you can reduce hiring time by 12%, according to Indeed Worldwide Data. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit. Upgrade your job post today at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Once again, it's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. All right. Now let's get talking to a little bit more about this game. And, and uh, let's start with goaltending first. Uh, Karel Vajmelka was the starter. Um, yep. And he was so, so he was the one that let in two goals in a minute. Instantly, Scott Wedgwood comes in. Uh, who we thought was we actually kind of thought was going to be the starter before it all went down. Yeah, um, I, I would agree with that. I thought that he they would start him in a back to back. It's interesting to think what how the game would have changed if they had, um, because that's just a really weird change to make in that game. But yeah, uh, just, continue. I, I, he was the funny thing. I think it, like the, the joke I made about uh, on the uh, on the on the NHL show um was it feels like it's coming full circle because just what four or five years ago four years ago scott wedgwood did the same exact thing to end a a franchise long winless streak yeah i i think everyone kind of pointed that out how that is such a unique record that he has he has ended to uh 11 game losing streaks to open a season like that's never happened before. Uh, the circumstances of the team acquiring him that year is surprisingly similar. Like it's it's almost freaky. Like it feels like this should have happened at the end of the season, and this is a sports movie. But it happened at the <laughs> beginning, and I don't know why. Uh, I need to read some Frederick Nietzsche uh, to like wrap my head around this massive coincidence. I made the joke on Twitter. We seriously need to make a petition to erect a, a Scott Wedgwood statue outside the Tempe arena when it gets built. Absolutely. Like, um, who who's the one guy who, like, kind of came up and played for, I think, Carolina in, in that game against the Leafs? Uh, uh, David Aries. Yes. Like, hockey is so great at building, like, kind of – cult status around goaltenders because it's like the position where it's so individual you can kind of attach that like every exactly. like emergency goal call up uh is like someone on like an nhl message board loves them 
Uh, and I feel like Wedgwood is just a cult hero in Arizona now. He will be after the season's over. Oh yeah, he will be. Um, and uh, and and you know it's it's funny too because um, I think it like it was this was like let's say even a week ago. You and I were talking about uh, the call up of Ivan Prospatov, and and I was like, I don't know how long he's going to stay up. I think he might not even. It might be a week. Might might be even less because I don't think he is best. I don't. I don't think it's gonna. He's he's gonna do well up here. I don't think he. They need. They need him, and I think they're probably going to find somebody off the waiver wire. And I, that's what they did a week yeah. later, and they found Scott Scott Wedgwood again, and and again. It, just ha- somehow happens to get onto that, and now everyone loves it. Everyone loves the story. Now I just feel very annoyed because I saw his name be put on waivers. Um, because when you have a hockey Twitter account, you you follow the waiver wire, and if you're like, if you're a person like me who like recognizes familiar names, you're just like, oh, Scott Wedgwood. I was like, okay, hey, is he a goaltender? Should I tweet out? Maybe are they going to pick him up? And I was like, nah. That's, that's stupid. I don't think they're going to do it. Uh, and then they do. And then he goes around and wins the game. Looking extremely solid. Uh, he, he let in two of his own. But but still, I thought he had a really good game against the Kraken. I mean, he let in two in, uh, what is it, 59 minutes? Like <laughs> About that, yeah. Uh, it is... Uh, he he really stood on his head. He gave the team a chance to win. Uh, I, I hadn't had a chance to see how he played in New Jersey, but uh, I think the team has kind of tightened up more defensively, and so that's going to make it easier for for goaltenders. Uh, at this point, I feel like Carter Hutton just got shortchanged by being on the team in the beginning because I wonder if he's going to have a job when this is all over. It won't, it won't be hard to tell. Um, you got to figure out how, um, how that one's going to work out because if I think it all depends on how Wedgwood does in the next couple games. Yeah, definitely. And and uh, let's say this, uh, Vemelka, I thought he looked extremely good for all the games played. Uh, giving up two goals in the first minute is like just a weird freak thing that you should be able to recover from. But I think something that, that's been brought up a bunch um, is that we don't know what he's going to be like over a full 82-game season. He looked good. He looked like a potential starter like for a couple of games, but hockey's such a long season. I don't know like if he is the anointed starter for this team for the full year. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, like, Maybe Wedgwood like steals that job. Uh, maybe Carter Hunton comes back from injury and is lights out. Um, it, it's kind of fun to see like what's going to happen with all these guys because you know wins don't matter. Uh, we don't expect those. So. Oh no, we don't expect very many wins. Like and again, that's another thing I mentioned in the national shows. Like we know we're not. I know I know the Coyotes aren't going to win a lot of games, and yeah. I think what's more important right now is that these uh, these players develop in the way they're supposed to. And that they, I mean, they kind of emerge better players because of it. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, the like that's why I think the most of the conversation surrounding goaltending has been all right. The Melkas looked really good. It, that's a surprising poll. And Prostatov is still the goalie of the future. Get him back to the AHL as, as soon as possible. Um, and they did that, uh, which I think kind of. Sh- 
again reinforces the idea that the Coyotes are interested in doing the hard work of a rebuild and actually developing players. I get asked by a lot of people who are in Arizona, they're like, how, how seriously do you think they treat this, this process? And it's like, they're saying the right things. It, it's still early, so I don't know how committed they are, but they're doing the right things as well. So, you know, actions meet the words, and that's always appreciated. Absolutely. But uh, you know what? We still got more to get to on this episode. Um, you heard me mention picking up uh, Wedgwood off the waiver wire. Well, Kaidi sent a couple onto the waivers themselves, as well as did some reassignments. We'll talk about some roster moves in just a sec. Um, but first, I want to tell you guys about Bilt Bar. With Thanksgiving coming around, if all the food and treats, plenty of them, um, and we all know there are so many delicious desserts during this time of year. Uh, but why go, go for so those are su- super full of sugar and, and calories when you can go for a built bar instead? The new holiday dessert, feast on something delicious and feel good about it. You can go ahead and get a built bar that's low calorie, low carb, low fat, high in protein, covered in 100% chocolate. It is great for whenever you're hungry. That, uh, you know, once again, if Thanksgiving coming around, you can go, you know, grab a couple or two. You can share some with your family. Be very, you know, very giving because that is that, that is what this time of year is about, all the holidays. There's new surprises all month long. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So be sure to check the site often. And there's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. So mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So I want you guys to check it out yourself. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you get 15% off your order. Once again, use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15, 15% off at built.com. All right, so now let's finish off talking on this Monday episode of Lockdown Kites. Once again, Robin Leonard, Carl Pavlik, by talking some roster moves. Carl, uh, some waiver wire moves were announced and... Uh, I think the the big one. I think the the one like, there was a few that need to be that couple need to be addressed. But the one that probably should be addressed the most is one that we're talk that uh, of a player we've been talking about for a couple of weeks. Kyle Kapianko has been placed onto waivers. Yep, activated off the IR, placed on waivers. Uh, it's it's an interesting move. I'm I'm not entirely sure why the team is doing it um uh craig morgan tweeted out that it was probably for like roster flexibility which i i get but i also don't see like them making too many moves in the near future i don't know it's just kind of an interesting uh an interesting play by the team yeah and and i'm trying to figure it out too i mean because we were talking about how capo bianco can fit in with uh other injuries on the defense. Obviously, with Timmons out for the rest of the season, um, you would think, "Oh, I think Capo Bianca would like he'll he'll get his chance." Yeah. Um, and now, now it seems like, of course, if Capo Bianca clears, he's going to be reporting back to Tucson. Uh, well, Craig Morgan actually tweeted out that he thinks that he would stay around. Um, so it could be like maybe check him out against Minnesota and then. Like if he doesn't do well, because like you don't have to like clear twice in like a certain amount of time span, maybe send him back then. So I, I'm not really sure kind of what the plan is with it. You you would think that 
they would just kind of send him down for a conditioning stint. Could be they just don't want to wait that long. They want to, like, the only thing I can think of is they, they hope he stays and they want to see what he looks like against Minnesota. The only tough thing is Minnesota is not an easy team to go up against. No, it, it's absolutely not. Um, and, and that's kind of uh, baptism by fire. Uh, that's, mm, it's an interesting move. And let's or, also I'm, remember, he, we're, we're, we're also saying that this is assuming he clears. Yeah. Because this is because, like, I'm going to be honest here. Kevin Bianco is the kind of defenseman that any team could very well pick up. Yeah, it, it's it's really like low risk, high reward. Um, the fact that he's just coming off a big injury, I'm sure gives teams some pause. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting move. I don't necessarily know what to make of it. Uh, I I think it kind of speaks to the team not having too much value on Capobianco as a as a player or a prospect, which I, I think is just kind of where we're at with the depth ranking of the, the defense and the fact that uh, Dyson Mayo and Cam Deneen have looked okay in their call-ups. Uh, it's um, I'm sure there's a lot more like roster tinkering kind of reasons for it than anything else. Absolutely. Um, but of course, Cal Bianco wasn't the only player of news of note that uh, was part of all the, uh, Roster moves. Who else shall we yeah. be talking about? So the other two who have been just formally assigned to the AHL, Victor Soderstrom and Ben McCartney. Uh, I thought McCartney not a huge surprise. I think I think he was only there to kind of fill a needed void for like a temporary spot. Yeah. Soderstrom is an interesting one because again, now you're sending down another defenseman. I guess are you buying into Mayo and Deneen to fill your void of Timmons? It, it could be. Um, I, I think like Sorsham, I think has looked okay, but there's been like a couple moments where like there's just been like bad plays on his end, like rookie mistakes. So I, I get the logic of sending him back down. Uh, I thought McCartney looked good in the game that he played, but nothing, you know, world breaking about his game. So sending him down is interesting. Uh, I don't know where Galchenyuk is at in his like stage of the process of recovering. Right. Maybe, maybe he's coming back soon. I don't know. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of like they were interesting roster moves to be made, especially since we don't have a game coming up until Wednesday. So you're like, why are you doing this now? when you don't seem like you would need to. And not only is that, um, not only do the Coyotes not have a game till Wednesday, but the Roadrunners don't play until Friday. Yeah, so like you could theoretically like keep Soderstrom up, um, keep McCartney up for, you know, a couple extra days, get some practice in there. Uh, it could be that they're really like not wanting to pay them the extra money. Uh, I have heard reports that the Islanders used to do that, just reassign guys to the AHL for a couple days to get that lower pay rate. Uh, I, I hope that's not the Yeah, No, I don't think it's going to be that. My assumption, here's what I think might be the best way, might, might, might be the reason why they're doing this. The uh, Roadrunners just took a couple of losses to Henderson in Henderson. One was an OT loss. So, I mean, it was a pretty decent one. 
Um, And now they have, they're going to be ready to host Ontario and they're have, they've been the top team in the Pacific division for a bit. So maybe it's just to get ready for them. Well, I I think kind of, I'm starting to get an idea of how Armstrong and and Tournier are operating uh, this season, like with actual player moves. And I think kind of what we saw with Dylan Gunther is Bill Armstrong um, sent him back early. And I'm not sure how much like decision Bear had on that. But he wanted to make sure that he was ready to play for the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, it could be that this is a similar situation where like the kind of front office staff recognized, they're like, all right, we, we need you to go down to the AHL. Um, and chemistry is important. And the way you do that is by being with your teammates and practicing and getting in all the good work. So why delay that effort? Let's get you down there. Let's get you practicing. Uh, so you can be ready for a tough matchup this weekend. Because ultimately, that's that's what the AHL is for. It's for developing players like McCartney and like Soderstrom, who both, I think everyone would agree, need a little bit of time to develop still. And I think that's the thing, too. I even started this this season talking about McCartney and Soderstrom, and even Hayton, who's surprised, um, so I, I, he can stay up for now. Um, yeah. But well, the team needs centers, so exactly uh, that's the point. Um, yeah. But we're talking about these players being right now AHL players, and you don't want to rush their development because you don't want to make the same mistakes that were made under the Cheka era, that um, or even before then, to yeah. for, to you know force players up when they weren't ready, and then because they weren't ready, they weren't playing well, and you sent them right back down, and you kept going up and back and up and back. It just was a mess. So, yeah, and, and I don't think anyone is is worried about these players being overcooked in the in the AHL. Like I, I th- like honestly, like the biggest kind of surprise was the Kappa Bianco move. Like so, Sherman McCartney. Like I was just like, okay, yeah, I see that. Th- there's a logic to that. I'm sure we will see Sostrom again later this season. Uh, I don't spend think he's going to spend the entire time there like i said i thought he played fine and just had a couple areas he needs to work on yeah i'm excited to see how sodostrom responds to uh a ahl coaching with uh with jay verde as head coach of the roadrunners again yeah which i mean he started the the year with the team he never even got to experience that which we talked about it. it was kind of interesting that he was with the coyotes from the start so this is probably like the move that they originally wanted to do and Deneen and Mayo are just kind of putting him in a condition where they're comfortable to do that and again and I think now I'm trying to now now, now as we're talking about this it starting to make more sense because not 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 that I'm saying that Deneen and Mayo are, are quote expendable but you want to make sure McCartney you know but Soderstrom for example because he's the only McCartney is a four but Soderstrom is like 100 percent ready because he is a future like a future contributor to the Arizona Coyotes yeah he has like a very high ceiling he needs to be developed properly the team is going to make sure to do that especially with a year like this where you know they're losing and they're going to lose a lot more they won one but there's a lot more hockey games just to be played and they're going to lose a lot of them um kind of a good spot for him is the AHL. Um, I, I think he, like, playing in the NHL, it's a great experience for him, but hey, keep developing. 
that's what the development league is for. Exactly. Uh, hey guys, so the Arizona Coyotes uh, have a interesting week ahead. Only three games this week, um, and next game not until Wednesday when they host the Minnesota Wild. Then back on the road to Chicago and Nashville. We'll talk about all those games as each of them comes closer. Um, we'll see how everything goes. One thing I'm excited for, Carl, no more 4 p.m. weekday starts because guess what? You guys, everyone else in the everyone else in North America, you guys just hit standard time. Daylight savings time has ended. That doesn't exist where we we are here in the state of most of the state of Arizona. We didn't have that extra hour of sleep, but it's okay because we don't lose our extra hour. We don't lose that sleep it come in March. You know what I mean? If you know what I mean. Yes, the Arizona sun is tyrannical. Uh, and so we do not need extra daylight time. The sun is just always there. It's like Super Mario Brothers 3 in Arizona. Uh, exactly although, like Super Mario Brothers 3. Although there was still a little bit of jealousy to all you guys of you guys talking about it's like, oh, I got an extra hour of sleep. And I'm just like, oh, no. Uh, yeah. You you just get to the feeling of not being behind an hour or ahead an hour, just be feeling completely off. Although let's be honest, we're both from non daylight saving states, uh, you California, myself New York, uh, and I think we're both uh, happier to not have to deal with that. Um, I was a kid when I was in New York, so I never really like understood the concept too well. I just all the adult figures changed clocks twice a year, and I thought they were mad people. But now I'm an adult, and I'm like, they're very much mad people. There was a time when we, when I, I remember we didn't change the clocks yet, um, and I had to wake up. Like my parents woke me up at six a.m. before school on a school day, and uh, I woke up and I'm like, I looked at the clock, I'm like it's like, mom, it's only five. Why did you wake me up? <laughs> it's like oh no we didn't change the clocks yet i'm just like oh like i do remember kind of the glorious moment uh when phones started doing daylight savings time and then phones started recognizing that you were in arizona and you didn't have to deal with daylight savings time because that was definitely a thing like i remember having a flip phone that would automatically set itself daylight savings i would have to manually adjust everything and be like nope don't have to do that here phone pos verizon brick the one thing i do have i I do remember that i do have to do now is anytime i have to um, call any of my family in california you have to be mindful that they are now an hour behind me rather than at the same time yeah so definitely (laughs) oh uh Arizona, all these time zones, they're weird. But anyways, enough of us ranting. That's going to be it for today's episode. Hope you guys like what you heard. If you did, don't forget to leave a review, like, comment, subscribe. We are available everywhere you get your podcast, including on YouTube. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. We are at facebook.com slash LockedOnCoyotes. Um, don't forget also to interact with our other sites on social media on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. I'm personally at Robin underscore Leano. That is R-O-B-Y-N underscore L-E-A-N-O. Carl Pavlik is at Carl Pavlik F-F-H. Once again, you can interact with us. Ask us any questions you might have. We'll interact with you right back. 
or even answer any of your questions on a future episode of the Locked On Coyotes podcast. Once again, thanks to everyone for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe out there. Hope you guys are staying healthy. Don't forget to howl on.